Hey there, welcome to SaaS Unbound, brought to you by SaaS Group. I'm your host, Anna Dana, and this is the show where we chat with inspiring founders and experts to get an inside scoop on how they made their business a success. And today with me is Hendrik Lenartz, uh, founder of Unload Growth, uh, a passionate growth marketer helping companies develop their individual growth strategy, identify strong ideas and growth hacks, and implement them continuously. Very warm welcome. Hi, Anna. Thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to our session. Sure, sure. I mean, growth marketer to growth marketer. That, I think, has never happened on the podcast yet. So really, really interested on how it's going to go. But you've got a fascinating background story. So I would love to hear it again because we just discussed it. <laughs> so, yeah, can we dig into your background a little? Yes, for sure. So my name is Hendrik. I'm uh, living in Cologne in Germany. And I explain it always like I, I'm a techie guy. So, or I have been a techie guy. I learned really coding and at, at university. And my first job was here in Cologne at uh, Trusted Shops. So that is a, yeah, a trust for e-commerce company. And uh, when I started there, they were in an early phase with just some employees, so not too big. And all my, all my friends from the university, they went to the big consultancy companies and so on. I had more the feeling, so I want to go to a smaller one because, yeah, maybe I can do a bit more there. And then I started at Trusted Jobs. The, 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 they had a product. It was a seal of approval. So to increase the conversion rates in, in e-commerce sites, the seal of approval. And the interesting thing I know today, but not when I started there because it was 2006. So yeah. very long time ago was it was based as it was founded as a, as a SaaS model. So for all guys are listening here. Yeah. We're talking about SaaS every day, but in 2006 in Germany, it was not a, a common thing to do a SaaS model. And yeah, then I started there as a techie in 2006 and a lot of coding everywhere to do. And then in 2007, I, I, I remember that was in the days of where SEO was getting bigger and bigger. Was and fun. It was still fun. And it was so much easier to get traffic from SEO than today, a long time ago. And from the techie side, yeah, it started, we, we, we built a company block with WordPress and I was a techie, so I built it up. And then there was a question, okay, uh, now we have the block, but we need content. Was not the name for it in these days, content. It was something like we need yeah. blog posts. <laughs> and then I said, okay, I can articles, right? So yeah. whatever. And then I started to, to, to write about some tech stuff and so on and so on. And that was my start with online marketing because then I got the feeling like, okay, if we do it like this, we are getting a bit more traffic. If we're doing like in another, a bit, uh, in another way, we get a bit more or different traffic. And then we played around with some banners. So, and that was my beginning. I said, okay, I'm a techie, but this kind of, getting the people on your websites is really interesting. So I was a techie with an interest in online marketing and that's my character to get deeper and deeper. 
And yes, so I did a lot of SEO stuff for Trusted Shops. I did a lot of SEO projects for myself because being a techie and a marketer in combination is something was was really helpful to be fast. And then around 2010, um, yeah, we had an idea to build a new product and that was a five-star review system. And everybody's listening. You say, oh, boring. No, it is 2010. So five-star rating system was only available for in Amazon and in eBay, not for all other e-commerce sites. And that was something where we get a bit out of the, the system. The founder, so Jean-Marc Noel, the founder of Trusted Shops, um, myself and one developer, where we said, okay, we, we, we have to build it. And then we scribbled the idea for the, for the product, everything, what to do. And then three months later, we had implemented and then we, we, uh, we launched it. And one day later, Jean-Marc told me, okay, Henrik, now you are the product manager. So, okay, nice. Now I'm the product manager. What does it mean? Yeah. So, and for me, it was today, we would say it's something like an um, incorporate startup would be the name for it maybe today. But it was like I had to build up the, the marketing around it and to develop the product, to, to build up the teams around it. And that was my beginning to, to feel maybe like a small startup founder okay. in, a, in a system. And uh, yeah, that was 2010. And then Trusted Jobs, in the meanwhile, was getting bigger and bigger. I was growing up as well. I had a team of uh, 56 people in the end. And then uh, I remember, like it has been uh, today, it was 2013. I read an article on TechCrunch about growth hacking. And it was something like, okay, I have to read it again. And then I read it again and again. I said, that's, that's me. So right. I was not a technician. I was not a marketer. I was never a product manager. I was always something like this hybrid thing. And it was growth hacking. That, that's me. That's what I'm doing for all of my life. But I, had never, I, I never had a name for it. Now they, yeah, they got a name for it. It, it. There was a name for it. And then I Googled it, growth hacking in the German Google. And there was, there was some just English article, but nothing German. And then I felt, okay, it's, it's what I'm doing. There is, no, there is nobody in Germany who's doing it. And I said, okay, that's my chance. I, I have to do this. And then, yeah. yeah, I faded out six months in Trusted Jobs and started my own company in Grosshacking. And it was 2017, so six, mm -hmm. seven years ago. And from this point on, uh, we had the chance to help uh, 500, 550 companies, SaaS companies, e-commerce sites, big, big corporates, how they can reach uh, their goals a bit faster uh, with, with growth hacking. And that uh, makes me really happy because I, I, I love it to, to fasten up the teams and uh, I have no idea what I should do or what I could do better with my time um, than Funded. just helping our clients to, to get faster. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a fascinating story, really. But, you know, everyone's talking about hacking, right? And uh, I, 
I kind of still remember those times. It was just, it was the very, very beginning of my career, but I still kind of remember like how, yeah, how different it was. Like SEO was different. You could like overnight become number one in Google. So there was the hacking aspect there, like definitely was yeah. hacking aspect there. Now, when people yeah. are talking about hacking and like, I always ask founders, oh, what's your hack? Like, can you share a hack? about your business like this year what are you doing this year because you know the economical situation is well let's not even go there right everyone's trying to focus on profits and you know it's just a lot more difficult so everyone seems to say oh i wish there was a hack you know there is no hack uh, anymore it's just getting shit done it's just grinding it's working it's doing the boring stuff it's getting your hands dirty so, and for, for growth marketers, I think it has changed tremendously over the years. So what is growth hacking today? What is growth hacking for you today? Yeah. Yes. And it's, what is really important is something what you mentioned already. I think there is a difference between growth hacking today and maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. And for me, I have to separate it. So growth. I think it's pretty clear. And if you if bring it, bring it to, to ZAS, there are your gross KPIs. Mm -hmm. It could be revenue. It could be margin. It could be your, um, your DAOs. It could be active users. So I, I'm pretty sure you all know these kind of ZAS KPIs or churn, predictive churn, and so on and so on. So uh, it depends. So, but it's really important to have your growth, the, the, the right growth KPI, yeah, to focus the right growth KPI. We, I think we come to this point a bit later. So that's growth, to focus this one goal, what is the most important goal for you? Um, then comes the hacking part. And the hacking part, for sure, as we all know, it's, and for 10 years, it was a problem in, in my own marketing, because all German companies say there's something illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Today yeah. it's a bit different. We, we learned about it, but uh, in my early days, that was my biggest issue to, to explain everybody that's not, not elegant, that we are not yeah. hacking some systems with the hoodie on or something. It was like, it's yeah. like a methodology. It's like a, a, a way to do things and the hacking part. And that was my fortune that I was a techie before it's just systematical trial and error. And the, the focus point is systematical. It's not like, let's, let's do something or let's do as many things as possible or like the big corporates do, even in the ZAS world, to, to, to make the biggest projects for 6, 12, 24 months. So that, that's not the idea behind this, to really focus the goal, the growth goal, and then to generate ideas where you could, where you think they could hack your growth goal, but not other ideas. And that's, that's in the projects, the hardest part to find ideas because everybody's having good ideas, right? Everywhere. So that's not the problem that the people are not having ideas, but to find ideas that relate exactly to your growth goal. So to pri prioritize the right ideas mm -hmm. and then to implement them as an experiment. Not just to do it, 
because we all are very good in just doing things. Oh, we have to do this, this, and this, and yeah, then just do it. Good. What is an experiment? An experiment is something where I say, okay, idea number one, to, to write down a, something like a hypothesis, to say, I think with this idea, we can uh, uplift, just to make an easy example, to uplift our conversion rate on our uh, free trial landing page about uh, around 1%. Why? Because we think the people don't know exactly what, uh, what they get with our product. And with this idea, if we explain it with video, we think we can increase this by 1%. That is a starting point. And maybe it sounds easy or it sounds clear that everybody should do it like it, uh, like this way. But if you're honest, we never have time for this to say, okay, what is the idea behind the idea? So, because when you do it, or if you do it without an hypothesis, we come to the end of the process, you're not able to measure <laughs> because right. what, what should I measure? So we have this hypothesis and after that we say, okay, what do we have to do now? That's something what is easy for us to, to just build it. But there comes a trick um, from my point of view. I say, how can we build it? How can we test it if this idea works or not? in at least 30 days. And that's a stress point where everybody said, it's not possible in 30 days. It will took us even more things. Like, we have only 30 days. So that means we have to slice the big idea in smaller pieces because we are not having so much time, even in SaaS, uh, because everybody's changing and blah, blah. Um, so we have to just 30 days. How can I test this idea in 30 days if it works or not to slice to slice it in smaller pieces and start with the first piece, go outside with it and then get the real results as, as fast as possible. And then the last step is measure. You have this hypothesis, but what are the figures? Is it good? Is it not good? Is it, um, is it uh, mid range? So, and then comes the question, okay, do I get rid of the idea because it didn't work? And then I take the next one or does it, okay, it, it's going in the right direction but we have to do another iteration. We have to work on it. So, and that's, that, that's the whole methodology. Yeah, to, to have a clear growth goal, generate ideas that direct to this growth goal, hypothesis, cutting the idea in smaller pieces so that in at least 30 days, you can get the first, the first results, the first measurables to say, okay, good idea or not. And that's the way you can grow and grow and grow with your ideas step by step. And you said it's, a, it, it, it's not the one hack where uh, this rocket science thing uh, where somebody's coming and say, hey, you have to do this. And then your skyrocket, this hockey, hockey stick curve, everybody knows. That's not the idea behind is to develop the right ideas, to execute them as fast as possible, to measure what works or not. And what I can promise, if you do this in the right way and continuously, for sure, there will be these growth hacks in between what maybe can skyrocket, what, what can skyrocket your business. So, right. but it's, it's not the idea behind this to, to grow step by step with this methodology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of marketers, growth marketers say that, yeah, it's a lot about just you know, common sense, but for, you know, to, to make it work, you need the methodology, you need the strategy, you need to 
be able to measure it. So yeah, completely agree with you. But well, since you've worked with over half a thousand companies, including SaaS companies, right? It would be really interesting to hear like, what do you see on the market? Like what are the biggest mistakes or biggest misconceptions and challenges that founders of SaaS companies that come to you for, you know, for growth hacking are experiencing? This episode is sponsored by Rewardful.com. Looking for new ways to find customers for your SaaS business? Consider adding an affiliate program. Rewardful is the easiest affiliate tracking platform to set up, manage, and scale for SaaS companies. Log your customer acquisition cost and only pay affiliates based on results. Integrate Rewardful with your Stripe or Paddle account and set up your affiliate campaigns in minutes. Building a successful affiliate program can be a little bit intimidating figuring out where to get started. That's where Rewardful has taken what they've observed from their most successful customers' affiliate programs and distilled that into an exclusive online course. The exciting part? Their affiliate marketing course is absolutely free. And by joining the waitlist today, you'll get early access to it as soon as it goes live. Join the waitlist at rewardful.com course, rewardful.com course, and turn your biggest fans into your best marketers. Yeah. Yeah. Really good question. So I, w- I would say there are so many points, but we are observing always there are three big ones for SaaS companies. The number one is, I would say for all of our clients, even the big corporates without SaaS, and it's, it's so stupid, sorry, starting with this one, but it's always the same. It's the knowledge of your target group being, being specific in your target group. And I can do it in one more step. Um, what is the problem, what you're solving and to make this one clear, because most of us, we are building a product. And if you ask which kind of problems do you solve for whom they say, okay, for this kind of target group, we are solving uh, this problem, this problem, and this problem. And for the other target group, because we like them, they are bigger. We get more money from them. For instance, I think everybody of us knows this kind of problem. We have this problem and this problem, this problem. So being clearly positioned in your market, it's my number one. And being clear what kind of problem you're solving. And if I can choose, there's one target group and there's one problem. And that's where it starts. And it starts in your marketing, in your social media, in your PR, in your TV uh, advertisements, whatever you're doing there, there's one big problem for one target group. And then you're start, if you're focusing this in the marketing, you're getting them on the, on your page and then make them clear as fast as possible that you're solving this kind of problem uh, for them. So that's my number one. And it's, sorry, it sounds stupid, but it isn't stupid because every about, everybody of us says, okay, but what about the other target group? We had a client there yeah. and they are giving us so much money, blah, blah. Yes, I know this for myself, but being clear, target group, and what kind of problem do uh, do you're solving for them? That's my number one. Sure. And that's yeah, like I said, it, it's common sense, right? It seems like it, it but is. then a lot of founders are avoiding it and like, oh, but our total addressable market is so much bigger. And like, we can, 
we can get so many more clients. So yeah, yeah. it's the one that is hard to let go. Yeah, and it's, if you have this big marketing book, yeah, from from 1990 maybe, mm-hmm. it's abstract number one. And you, if you have this big marketing book from 2024, it's abstract number one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it's where it begins. So that's my number one. Then comes number two for SaaS and uh, most of the others as well. It's how to how do I get the people in my system? So what is the first step to, to get them in? Is it a free trial? Is it a, is it a freemium? Is it maybe for me the usual lead management before? Do I have to get them a piece of content like a white paper to get them in and to bring them from there to my product? So that's a really, really big bucket. And I think the biggest failure is what the most, so the, the content for these kind of things is everywhere. So you will find 11 million YouTube videos. What kind of uh, first steps in your system uh, are out there? Or you go to, you say, oh, we have to do it like Dropbox or we have to do it like Spotify or so the, the problem is not what to do, the idea what to do. It's more like to find out, to test, <laughs> there comes my pitch, Yeah, to test what is the right entry for my target group and what kind of problem and the business model, what is what's coming behind. That's my number two. And most of the SaaS companies are sticking to their first idea. And because it's hard, they're not experimenting with it enough. Hmm. Yeah. So that's my big number two. A really hard one. That's Sorry. a good one. Yeah. What's number three? Yeah. And it's not common sense. That, that's not yeah. a common sense one because common sense would be, uh, yeah, the big SaaS companies like uh, Dropbox, Facebook, and uh, whatever are doing like this. That means it should be for us uh, the same. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just the idea. It's, there are too many parameters to find out what is the right entry in your system for you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. My number two. So then comes, uh, I would say, maybe for us, hopefully classical number three. It's like, if you're getting them in, to bring them as fast as possible to the aha moment. Mm-hmm. Have you had a podcast already where somebody talked about the aha moment? Only always. Like, every- <laughs> yeah, everyone talks about like, yeah. trying to, you know, to make it happen. And like, once they figured it out, oh, you know, how everything is changing. And well, for some, you know, it takes a hard pivot before they find the aha moment. Uh, For some, you know, some are very lucky and smart uh, to just figure it out on the first take. But definitely, I think it's super important. Yeah. So I give you an example. So my first date with the aha moment uh, was in uh, in my former Trusted Jobs times. And there was no theory around the aha moment. Mm. It was like, yeah, we just found it. It was, we had this kind of five-star reverse system. And we found out that the point when our customers, the tens review in, mm-hmm. not the first, not the second, not the fifth, and not the fifties, 
the tense review. When the tense review comes in, the customer starts getting the feeling, oh, that's why I'm here. And that's now it starts working. And if you think about the reviews, tense reviews, there, there is something already. You, you have a small lock-in effect like, ah, oh, there are tense. Don't, uh, don't steal me my 10 reviews now. It's, mm -hmm. There is something in my, in my pocket already. And from the customer side, if you go to an e-commerce site with three reviews, it's not enough, right? With five reviews, it's not enough. But after 10 reviews, it starts getting like, ah, okay, there is something that could be something like a real e-commerce site. Yeah, yeah. And now it sounds easy maybe, but we have to find out. What is the figure? Is it five? Is it tens? Is it 50? There, and then we find out that after tens, after the tens review, it was a freemium model in the beginning. Mm -hmm. When we start talking to them after the tens review, it, they start being like, that is a real tool. And they, they, they start talking with us about money to, to do the upgrade to the paid version. And not before. If we start talking to them with fifth reviews or even with the, with the first, they say, no, 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 I, there is not, uh, where's the value of the tool? But after the tense, it was like, mm -hmm. okay, from now on, we, we have this point. So first step is to find out what is your aha moment from customer perspective. Mm -hmm. When does a customer feel in your experience? Oh, that's the reason why I'm here. That's the reason why I should pay money uh, for it. Number one, we have to find out. And then step number two is to focus everything what you have in your onboarding experience to bring them to this point. And that not, you can do this and you can do this, you can upload a picture and blah, 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 to bring them that they can reach the aha moment as soon as possible in the whole onboarding experience. And maybe it sounds easy, but I would say everybody in ZAS is working on it knows, no, 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 to find out is not easy. And then to focus everything on this point yeah, is, uh, is not easy as well. Yeah, that's my absolutely. number three. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really good one. And again, it, like you said, it's a common sense, but uh, working on it, figuring it out is just so difficult, especially, you know, especially for, for, for some companies. And there are so many stories, there have been so many stories on this podcast where, you know, it took us I don't know, a year or two years to pivot and, you know, what yeah. not to, to figure it out. And only then uh, it started to work and it started to change. All right. So I completely yes. agree those three. Okay. But, but Anna, honestly, um, you say it's, it's, it's common sense. And I would, I, honestly, I would disagree because for oh. both of us, for both of us, it's common sense. Because we are doing it, uh, it feels for me that I'm doing it for my whole life. Right, maybe. Yeah, but for both of us, it's, it's common sense. But I promise from 10 SaaS companies listening here, and they are building up teams. And maybe if the founder, yeah, the, the big founder of the company, maybe knows what the aha moment is and so on. But not, maybe they have now 50 people or 100 people or 20 people or or 500 people to, to, to bring this idea of the armament, why it is so important 
and what the aha moment is from customer perspective and that we have to focus it everywhere to bring this in the team is a completely different story hmm. to know the theory around it and to bring it on the street Definitely. with your team it's a completely different story and that is not common sense for everybody yeah. 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 No, I mean, like when you once you figure it out, like once you know what you need it to do, you're like, oh, but like that was it seems so easy once you understand what it is. That's what I mean. But to come to this idea. Sure. Yeah. Not. Yeah. For, for a lot of founders, especially if they're like more on the technical side, that's sometimes a very, very difficult decision and yeah. a very difficult conclusion to have. So yeah, yes. absolutely. All right. I will give you one example. Maybe what 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 is not this common sense? I I I think a lot of your SaaS companies are playing around with webinars. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's for tech companies, tech SaaS startups. So there's maybe something around webinars, and I think it's always a good example. If you're doing a webinar, I would say there are coming new prospects or older prospects from a CM, whatever. But in the webinar, you should do just one thing. Show them the fucking aha moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Show them the aha moment all the time in the webinar. So that's something that we say, okay, we know the aha moment. We have a really good onboarding experience, blah, blah, blah. And then they are showing up their webinar and say, okay, what you are doing there in the webinar? You have to bring them to the argument in the webinar. And if you're not able to bring them, that show them the argument. Give them testimonials around the argument. It's always a question of the argument. So that's maybe one example in the operations in the end of these kind of projects, what we are doing, where we say, okay, you have the argument already, but you have two, three touch points that are really important for your funnel, but you're mm -hmm. not playing around with a argument there. Let's, let's make a test what happens if we do it. Yeah, just to give you this this example. Yeah, sure. No, that's a great one. But uh, okay, so since we started talking about you know the hacks and like what what companies are doing wrong usually, so could you maybe share your favorite growth hack? Like what? Uh, it's almost twenty twenty four. Oh my god! Like where where did the time go? Right. Uh, so for twenty twenty four. What would be the hack that you would recommend SaaS companies to start doing or, you know, to try to figure out or something that, you know, you would, uh, you would do as a founder? Yes. Um, I would say there are maybe, I would separate the SaaS companies in, in, in two groups. Sure. Um, the first group is we are still starting and building up our customer base. And there's, uh, there's another one that has already a big customer base. And maybe we start with this, uh, with this group and then you know why I have to separate them. Um, for the second part, so you have a, a good customer base already. You, you have this aha moment ideas implemented and I would say it's working. You are in the scaling phase. Then, yeah, you have to focus your churn figures. And that's something what is not funny. It feels mm -hmm. not like, so it's always more fun to get new customers on board and blah, blah. But have fo to focus your churn. 
So the, the customers who churns, why do they churn? So to find out exactly why they churn, yeah, and then um, to try to prevent this. Um, so it's more like, I would say the, um, the headline for this is something like customer success management. Yeah, so to, pre to be able to predict. So when there is a trigger point in terms of data that you can say, if this happens, they will churn in a few days, in a few weeks, or in a few months. And this, so I would say that's a, a really advanced, an advanced hack for scaling companies. But I would say that's one of the biggest, what we were able to implement with some companies already to do this kind of uh, churn prevention, uh, churn prevention hacks, to say like this. Yeah, yeah Maybe, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. Like right now, yeah, getting new customers is fun. But because there are, well, virtually no new customers, right? No one is really brave enough to try new software. No one really has the budgets for that anymore. So you just want to hold on to those uh, who you who is already there, right? So, yeah, absolutely, churn is a big one. Yeah, but but I think what's important, and that's the reason why I separate the the SaaS target group uh, from my point of view, is if you are in the other part, if you are still bidding, not in the scaling phase, in the in you you have started or in the product market fit phase. Or, or the, the small phases behind. Don't focus too much on churn in these days. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to say. You have to, to, to cope with it for sure, but maybe it's too early because you are still building up. You have to still find focus, the aha moment thing and so on and so on, instead of uh, staying focusing on churn. Because what I learned in the most of the companies with, with an organization, it's you are still building up. It's not possible to focus both. In parallel, it's not possible to focus the product market fit and churn in the same way. It's it's not possible in most of the companies. They are just get stressed with these big, big strategy, strategical things to do. Yeah, so that is for the scaling companies. And then I would say the biggest growth hack for the growth, for the beginning or the growth phase. So sure. the one I already mentioned is to find the right entry point in your system. Mm -hmm. Is it, if it free trial? Is it a freemium? Is it a white paper thing? So that is a really big one to, to, to find the right one and to experiment around with it. So it's not one growth hack, but it's something where I start a project to ask, or if I'm doing sales with us companies, that's one of my first questions. So how to get the, uh, how do you get the, the people in your system? And then we have a lot of discussions around this. <laughs> Yeah. So that's my number one. And my number two is play around with social ads. If your target group is on, on LinkedIn, then do it on LinkedIn. If it is on Instagram, then do it on Instagram. If it is TikTok, play around with TikTok ads. It's unbelievable how cheap you can get leads, prospects uh, from TikTok. If your target group um, is on TikTok right there, yeah. and then for maybe for us common sense again in all of these kind of platforms you have this lead form thing so that means don't bring them to your landing page just make a make ads that uh, target your or that direct to a lead form that means there is an ad 
You click on that from customer perspective, you click on the ad and you're not going to your landing page. There is just opening in LinkedIn, in TikTok, in Instagram is opening this form, this native form where they type in the first name, last name, email address, telephone number thing. And from the customer perspective, from the customer perspective is the conversion rates are going up. Why? They don't have to leave the platform because they are hanging around on social networks like you do it and then like I'm doing it and they don't want to leave. Yeah. And that's a conversion uplifter in the first stage of your funnel where I always say, we all know that they are there, these kind of lead forms, but most of the companies don't use it and I don't know why. Yeah, that's My... a good one. I think I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, the whole so-called zero-click content, right, that Brent Fishkin is talking about, uh, where you're right, no one no one really wants to to click on something and go to another platform. You're already there. You want to see everything in one place. So, yeah, just just make it as simple as possible to just like hang around, uh, explore what's already there, and, uh, and... yeah, and just take it from there. And maybe to, to add one thing in our growth hacking story again, think of experimentation. You want to, you, you have a new idea uh, what to test in social media ads, for instance. Mm -hmm. so, so you can focus on the idea behind and on the creative, what you are, want to play out instead of thinking about your landing page because you don't need a landing page. You, you have an idea for a, for a campaign or for a creative and you could be out in two hours because you don't need a landing page. You could be out in two hours and you can get the first results in 10 hours. So this is fastening your system, you know, because the old way, what is the creative? What is the call to action? What is the lead magnet? Uh, and how does a landing page look like? Blah, blah. Get rid of the landing page because you, you just have to play with the creative. And that gives you so much energy and so much speed to, to, to get fast results. That's, that's something where we are coming from and where we try to, to bring into the teams this kind of thinking. Where, where can we slice the big ideas in smaller pieces to get results faster? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Don't overcomplicate it. You have so much freedom yeah. to play with uh, on social media. And, you know, if it resonates, it resonates. People are going to follow it. And if it doesn't resonate landing page or not, it's just, it's not going to be there. That's, yeah. uh, you're not going to get any leads. So yeah, perfect. I think that's a really good one. Thank you so much, Hendrik. I mean, it's been absolutely awesome talking with you. I think so many, yeah, so many SaaS founders would find it very helpful because common sense or not, sometimes you need to be reminded like what to do and where to go and what to use and like how to simplify the journey. So uh, thank you so much for sharing your hacks and it's been great having you here. Yes, I had a lot of fun again. Thanks for invitation and uh, oh. to everybody out there. I'm, a, I'm 43, I'm so not too old, but I'm coming from this hashtag generation and uh, our hashtag is execute or die. Okay. We say just take maybe one thing, if common sense or not, just take one thing out of it bring it to your team and try to experiment with it because listening to podcasts and getting ideas, honestly, that's, that's not what brings you forward. Just take one thing out and bring it to execution. That, 
that would be my, then this one was, was helpful and then it was good for me. Absolutely. All right. And if anyone in the audience wants to find you, learn more about what you do and uh, your growth hacking tips, how to do that? Yes. Uh, I would say the easiest way is uh, LinkedIn. So just find me on LinkedIn, Hendrik Lennartz. Yeah, I would say this is uh, the easiest one for all the Germans out there. We have a podcast where we are talking about this kind of growth hacks all the day. Or on our website is unlock-growth.com. That's it. All right. Perfect. All right. Well, yeah, again, thank you so much. Hopefully we can do it again sometime, bring more value to the founders, maybe do an AMA someday, because that's what we do with, with uh -huh. awesome experts live on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, thank you, Hendrik, cool. and uh, take care. That was yet another awesome conversation on SaaS Unbound. We're always looking for new guests to share their experiences. We mostly talk with bootstrapped SaaS founders. And if you're one, reach out to me directly at anna at saas.group or find me on LinkedIn. If you're not bootstrapped or even not SaaS, but have a great story to tell, we want to hear from you too. And obviously, SaaS Unbound wouldn't be possible without the SaaS group a founder-friendly private equity company that buys awesome businesses that people love to take them to even greater success. If you're thinking about selling your company or just exploring your options, feel free to visit saas.group, fill in the form, and expect a response in under 24 hours.